Hello, Matt. How are you today? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Matt. Not so bad at all. Yourself? Yes, very well as well. Thank you very much for asking. Um, all right, well, let's uh, get right on into it because it's US Open Week, which is uh, a, always uh, a great tournament, and uh, I'm always you know very excited when any major sort of kicks around. And uh, so, um, what do you feel? Are you uh, um, the US Open from Tory Pines? Absolutely, yeah. It'll definitely be a ramped up a little bit from the from the Palmetto last week. Um, but yeah, always like US Open. It's a bit of a a very different challenge to the majority of weeks on the on the PGA, isn't it? So I like I like players being challenged, as you know. Um, and I think it brings out the best in a lot of the elite players. So yeah, I'm delighted. And actually, I think it's a really competitive heat. Um, I found it a bit of a puzzle with my bets this week because there's quite a few players who I don't mind at all this week. So there isn't maybe. Uh, as many narratives going in because there's more a lot of really good golfers with really good chances so it should make for a competitive weekend yeah it really should shouldn't it um i uh yeah there's so many cases you can make for so many golfers and in, in this particular um you know this particular was open and there's been a lot made about the you know a huge amount made about the you know the long rough and and all of that which is no, I, you know, I, I sort of see that as no different to to most U.S. Opens. They they always grow it up, you know, quite long at the U.S. Open and make it quite taxing. So, um, uh, you know, the fact that it's at Torrey Pines, you know, which is as I say, it's past seventy one, seven and a half thousand yards and change, or seven thousand six hundred yards and change. And so it's you know, it's a tough old test. Uh, and if the wind kicks up, it'll make it even harder. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think it, you know, it should be a great tournament. It's a great course. And um, you you are really going to have to be, uh, you know, on your game in terms of uh, if you do get it in that in that long stuff, you better you, you better have a, a good idea of how you're going to get it out because it's going to it might wreck a few scorecards along the way. Yeah, you're not kidding. Um, I mean, it always does at the US Open, doesn't it? I think there's there's always an interesting um, juxtaposition of those who are trying to hit fairways and greens and play it the way that. The purists think it should be played, and those. Um, like I listened to a Bryson interview earlier on, and he pretty much just accepted he's going to go exactly the same strategy he did at Wingfoot last year, and just hit it as far as possible off the tee and worry about the second shot when he gets there. Which, I mean, it worked for him, didn't it? So far be it from me to to knock that particular strategy. Uh, but it's always a nice, um, yeah, to look at the different ways that people play it. Um, I think it's more than ever, more biased towards the longer hitters because it's just easier to to hit greens from the rough when, you're, when you've got a shorter club in your hand. Um, but yeah, it's always a nice watch. You said it, was, it worked for Bryson last year, and it did, I agree with you. Do you think that same approach is working for him this year? Uh, uh, you know, let's, let's take away the Arnold Palmer, which he won, uh, and the, uh, the Players' Championship in which he kind of almost fell apart quite spectacularly um, when he was in a very prominent position to win the Players' Championship, uh, only for him to kind of, him and Westwood to implode and then um, Justin Thomas to sweep through and, and, and pick up the prize there. But since that time, I don't know if this approach has really worked that well for Bryson DeChambeau past that tournament because... Then we got to the Masters. It didn't work for him there. We went to the PGA Championship. It didn't work for him there. Um, do, I'm just putting it out there as a sort of devil's advocate. Do you think it's working for him? Because I would debate that it's not. 
I mean, it's a big question, right? Do I think that that strategy is working for him? Now, season as a whole, when you look at it, you, you could say that Bryson might feel a little disappointed with his season. Um, but what I think that he, abs- he actually has done this year, he's not maybe employed that strategy of hit it as far as possible off every tee. That's absolutely not what he's done. And he's maybe trying to refine that a little bit. And that's that's taken a bit of work, but he is finding an awful lot of fairways. And hitting it that far off the tee is gaining him strokes every single tournament, significant strokes on the field. But mm. I also think it's it's about this course, right? And I can't think of a better setup than a USGA setup for Bryson to win a tournament because when you look through through his season, actually, his three best results have obviously been he won the US Open, he won the Arnold Palmer, and he came, maybe not his best result, he came T9 at, at Wells Fargo as well, which is also a tricky course. And those are the courses where he's going to gain so much because of the setup and because of how thick that rough is. So do I think it's working season long? That's up for debate. Um, do I think it's going to work in a US Open setup when the USGA have got hold of the rough? Absolutely, I think it does. Um, I think a lot of it, it's not just his driving game. It's just that he's going to get it as far as he can down there. And even if he's using, I, I don't know, a nine iron, for example, out of the rough. Now, sometimes we forget that Bryson has almost transcended the sport in that all of his irons are the same length. So he's got a nine iron that's the same length as a seven iron, which gets an awful lot more velocity through the air with the same loft. So he's able to get it further in the air, force that through the rough, um, and then land softer on the greens due to the the different approach angle he's going to have than the vast majority of other players in the field. I think the gains he's made with speed, ball speed with his driver, they're going to be reflected throughout the bag. Um, obviously, if he's hitting a longer iron into a, a green, perhaps that's not the case. But how many five irons does Bryson DeChambeau hit into anything other than a, a par five? So I absolutely think it's going to work. We'll talk a little bit more when I get onto my picks. Um, I was just going to say... So I take it from that, then, uh, Matt, you're putting the house on them, yes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. Um, I, I'm, Bryson was the first name on my card. I've known I was going to back him for a couple of weeks. Um, I've just been keeping an eye on that number and seeing how far it's going to stretch. Um, but I bit the bullet at 18s when um, I saw a, a very popular tipster um, put him up and wanted to get in before the blue on odds checker. Okay, all right. So that's a nice little um, little uh, loosener out there for everyone. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the meat of those picks in another little while. But uh, I was uh, uh, that's interesting. I didn't. Uh, I, I was actually joking when I said that. But so that's interesting that you've actually um, you've 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 followed your commitments. You have the courage of your commitments, and, and fair play to you because you've been on a pretty good run lately. So I can't exactly doubt you. So Last all right, well, standing, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into that uh, a little bit later on with a bit more detail, and um, we'll run through who we like and why. So this is Man in the Stand, this, uh, our, our sponsor, Star Sports, a gentleman's bookmaker, taking some pretty lumpy bets at Ascot today. Um, and we will uh, first of all let's have a go and a bit of a think back at the Palmetto. I don't really want to spend too much on time on this one because. I had a, a, an absolute night. The nightmare continues for me, basically. Uh, and, um, and and number two, I found it altogether a fairly forgettable tournament until Sunday afternoon when Chesson Hadley, oh, my God, uh, he just, um, you know, coming from New Zealand and uh, being an All Blacks fan, we had years and years of um, being branded as chokers at the Rugby World Cup. And... Um, uh, it was never fun to watch and be a part of. And uh, I watched Chesson Hadley basically give an All Black esque um, display of choking, as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I know I'm, I might be being a bit cruel 
saying that, and I'm not I'm, I'm not wishing to be cruel, uh, but I just thought Chess and Hadley absolutely fell apart on the Sunday. And Gareth, uh, uh, sorry, it's not Gareth Higo, is it? It's um, Garrick. Garrick. Garrick Higo, well done to the young man to, to win, but goodness gracious me, he was he was handed it on a plate. What what did you think, Matt? I mean, firstly, they have a bit of a confession to make. I didn't watch a shot. Um, it was uh, the first week in since I can remember um, that I've not watched golf on a weekend. Um, yeah. I started. Is that because in... is that because you you were you were at the back of the telly like me by about Saturday? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I enjoyed doing many other things that weren't golf, um, but it wasn't helped by me having a quick check on tr- shot tracker and seeing mine not in contention. That said, um, I always like to look at the leaderboard on a Monday morning um, and just have a look through the stats on the PGA website and just see if anything's of note. And I mean, just looking down the leaderboard, you've got the top five of obviously Higo and then the other ones that were tied second, their rounds on Sunday were like 68, 66, 67. And then you've got poor old Chesson who shot a 75. Yeah. And that's just never going to get it done, is it? It actually played quite easy on a Sunday, as we saw when uh, Will Gordon, who we both backed, um, rocketed up the leaderboard early yeah, on. Yeah, seven under on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, and, and you said quite rightly, because as you say, we both backed him thinking he was good value at 200 to one. And, uh, and, uh, and you quite rightly said in one of your tweets, where was this on Saturday, Will? You know, because... Yeah, uh, you know. It's, a, it's a bit of a hard luck story. He was never really in it, so don't get that, like, twisted. But he shot three under on Thursday, and he shot seven under on Sunday, and the winning score was 11 under. He just had a bit of a mare. He made a couple of doubles on the bounce. I was following on Shot Tracker on either yeah. Saturday or Sunday and completely yeah. derailed his round. And, I mean, he was the, the full-on hope after, I think, all my other picks missed the cut, which hasn't happened in an awful long time. Um uh, yeah, I mean, it's frustrating in a way, isn't it? But when you back him at those sorts of odds, you can't expect much. Um, no, they've got no. the event wrong, I think. It's it's easy to accept that now. Fair play to Higo. Um, I've had my doubts about him. I was debating putting him up last week, easy in hindsight. I didn't, just because I didn't know whether he'd make the step up and the translation. To make your, your second real PGA Tour event start after the PGA Championship, so the first non-major and win, despite that um, strength of field, is... Is you can't argue with it, can you? And I think I'd love to no. see PGA Tour because the boy is a talent. Yeah, yeah, he's really, really good with the with the wand, with the um, with the putter. He is an absolute uh, bit of a magician with that, uh, with the flat stick. So let me just fill you in, and uh, any any of the listeners who want to kind of just have a quick um, uh, roundup on 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 it. I I did. I I'm going to say as well. I didn't watch. All of it either didn't watch every shot, but I, I watched it on the Sunday because um, you know I was like to see what what happens on the last day. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chesson Hadley um, just yeah he he started out badly and it just and he sort of righted the ship. So he went second hole um, bogey, third hole bogey, fourth hole birdie. So you kind of thought, but well, this is on the Sunday. You thought, okay, well, and he's getting back into some shape. Then he then he parred the rest of the nine. So his first. His first nine, he went out uh, in par in 36, he went out in 37. Uh, then he started well on the back nine, uh, sorry, badly on the back nine. He started with a bogey, then he brought it around with a birdie on the 12th to right the ship. Uh, then uh, where the wheels fell off, and this was just, what is really, really interesting is, um, yeah, and you don't often see this um, with at this level of professional golfer. Um, he just lost the plot completely his his head went 
and you would never you don't see that often but he got um yeah bogey on 16 bogey on 17 bogey on 18 and 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 really um what what you began to see um when he when he got his first bogey on 16 was that the uh, the the feeling was in his you could see it in him that he was thinking I could possibly lose this. You know, I had a four shot lead at the start of the morning and, uh, and I'm, um, I, I'm, 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 you can just see him doubting himself and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and it showed in his swing and it showed in his body language and it just showed in his hot in his hot entire demeanor. And I felt so sorry for the bloke on the 18th because he was putting for bogey, knowing that he'd already lost the tournament at that stage. Yeah, um, he ne- you know he needed to, to. If he had got in for par, he could have forced a playoff, but he couldn't even make his par on the 18th. He was just by that stage, his swing had just lost all rhythm. He had gone in the head and in the body completely. And um, like they say, it's hard to win on this PGA Tour, and 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 it just showed. And, and uh, you know, he had to feel from his wife was there. She was there as a surprise. And um, she was watching the uh, watching him as her, her husband basically, um, yeah, fall to pieces. So um, yeah, very very tough watch for for um, Chess and Hadley fans. Uh, but yep, that's that's golf. You've got to go out and you win it, and you've got to finish it. And and he and he just didn't. So Gareth uh, Garrick Higo, sorry, for, um, the young South African. Now two wins on the European Tour, one win on the second start on the PGA Tour. So he's now for the next three years quids in on the PGA he doesn't even have to worry about uh, you know his um, he can go to the masters he can go all the majors he's got three years worth of um, uh, with the PGA tour events to play and the kid can play there's no doubt about that uh, Hudson Swatford came in uh, as tied second with Doc Redman this Doc Redman plays well um, you know he's always someone that kind of flies under the radar a bit um, so they both finished tied second uh, sorry there was another, there's actually a whole bunch of them sorry uh, Hudson Swatford Doc Redman Jonathan Vegas and Tyrrell Hatton um, finished well on this um, Sunday on the 68 to finish in a tie on 10 under with Bo Van Pelt and Chesson Hadley. So all of those guys finished on 10 under, one back from Garrick Hago. And just rounding out the top 10, Ryan Armour, David Lipsky uh, finished on uh, tied 8th on 9 under. And then Matt Fitzpatrick fired, uh, finished in tied 10th on 8 under with Eric Van Royen, who played well throughout the week, but just uh, had a bit of a sloppy Saturday. Um, Pat Perez made a bit of a run on the Sunday as well. Uh, and Dustin Johnson, who flattered to deceive, really. You thought, actually, you know, he, sta- he, he started on the Thursday with a 65. He followed on the Friday with a 68. But he had an absolutely disastrous Saturday um, with a 73 and a pretty untidy Sunday with a 70. So that, that, was, a, that was a pretty bad, um, you know, bad show from Dustin Johnson, really. I, I actually thought, like you said, if he showed any class at all, he was going to lap the field. Well, it looked like your words were going to ring true on after the Thursday, uh, but he just looked he just looked average. He, he's been looking pretty poor lately, Justin Johnson, to be fair. Yeah, I didn't know what to make of Dustin because I caught one of the interviews with him um, after the Thursday. Um, and I think at one point I saw he was matched at 2-1 on Betfair, so at 1.5 at absolutely no sort of price. Bear in mind, he only started single figures. But mm. was, he, he joined the lead with a couple of holes left on the yeah. Thursday. Yeah. Um, and then I'm not sure what happened at the end. Obviously, he drifted a bit, but he was there or thereabouts, even till I think it was, I, I didn't watch a great deal. I was looking through the scorecards and he was there or thereabouts, but kept making like weird triples. 
Yes. Or, like making big numbers. But he did. Yeah. In that, um, the interview that he did after his round on Thursday, like I think he went through a, something stupid, like ten holes not missing um, outside of fifteen foot on his approach. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Justin's back! Like this could be amazing going into next week, and then it just never really happened. Um, <laughs> only in that strength of field. Yeah, it was a funny. This uh, and it all just takes me on to the course as well. This Congaree, um, those triples you say. The thing about this course, Matt, was that, yeah, it, it could really bite you in the ass if you got it wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. It was much like um, the PGA Championship course at Kiwa Island. You know, it, it was kind of similar in the way it kind of looked and felt as well. A lot of um, waste areas, sand, what they call, you know, not, not sand but, uh, traps or bunkers, but actually waste areas that you could play out of. And um, a lot of... Yeah, yeah, a lot of native, I guess you'd call it native areas where, uh, the, uh, where if you got your... the ads to, to unknown, I like that on shot tracker. My golfers go there often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always your, your heart sort of um, drops through your stomach when you when you say um, you know two hundred and seventy five yards into unknown, don't you? You, you think <laughs> what the hell's that? Um, and and actually on the the actual pictures of it when you're actually looking at it, I was watching a couple of golfers uh, at Chesson Hadley on the Sunday when he was and uh, a couple of others as well playing out of just awful awful spots. So uh, I mean really. Thick reeds and 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 just scrub and undergrowth and just awful stuff all over the place. So, I don't. I'm going to also say I don't. I didn't particularly like the course. Um, and I'm. I guess it's because I've, I think I've come to realise something about myself. I really am a bit of a bluff old traditionalist. I, I like parkland courses. Um, I like Augusta, Georgia. For, you know, like the Masters. I I like tree lined courses that are just more traditional parkland type courses i i just do it's just my taste um the, these kind of adventurous courses with all this kind of natural vegetation and habitation that's all cool and it's all sort of it's kind of linksy and all that yep great nice it's not for me to what to look at there's too much sand i just find there's it's almost like an overabundance of sand i i give me a a rolling fairway with a lovely tree line sort of um you know no frame any day of the week, like Memorial Jack's Memorial Course or, or, or Augusta, those just suit me. You know, Genesis, um, the, the the Riviera, the, sorry, the Riviera, I love that course. Like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just I don't I don't like these these uh, that was that conception. I didn't really like that. I didn't really like this Congaree, um, but anyway, that's just me. Um, and it, so just to finish as well, just a couple of yeah, Will Gordon, as you say, did did he finish with a wet sail on, on Sunday and finished with a sixty-four to finish on seven under with another young South African, this Wilco Nina Beer. Now he he's a guy to watch Wilco Nina Beer. He is a guy to watch this guy because he finished with a sixty-seven on Sunday and finished with seven under uh and and a tie for fourteenth of Will Gordon. If he can get his ball under control, this guy, uh, uh, uh he can absolutely hit it to the next postcode. He's got a lot of talent. He's a guy to watch at a price, but he's just gonna have to just he's he's, he's just one of those guys that gets sloppy doubles and triples um, at the worst possible times, you know? Bit of a, bit of a Euro Tour come champ is knee neighbour at the minute. Um, yeah. yeah. The tea, but struggling from then onwards, unfortunately. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he'll get it together and he'll win plenty on the Euro Tour. I'm not sure whether that'll translate to the PGA unless he, he does a bit of work on the old wedges. 
Yeah, and a little bit of work in between the years, I think. You know, he, as you yeah. say, I think it's a bit of a maturity and a bit of intelligence, and uh, and as you say, a bit of maybe a bit of work around his, with his wedges and and what have you. So that was um, so that was the Palmetto um, Championship last week. Let's move on to the US Open. So uh, Matt, uh, you know, I'm going to give the floor to you. Um, I'm going to uh, let you sort of go first because I feel like I've been talking for an hour. So. Um, Far away, good sir. Tell us who you like for the US Open. Who's going to win the US Open and why? I mean, I'm going to start with someone who, while I'm tipping him to win, I would be. It would be remarkable if he won the US Open. I'm going to start with a 500 to one shot. Oh, um, I like that. That's first cab off the rank, um, and it's someone who I really like for this course, um, and doesn't play on the PGA Tour currently, um, but actually. In the only evidence I can find of him playing on courses like this, he's been more than okay. He's been really good. Um, and it's Taylor Pendrith, um, a young Canadian who plays on the Corn Ferry Tour. And he actually came T23 um, at Wingfoot um, back in 2020. And I was just crunching his numbers. And I'm very aware that on the Corn Ferry, they don't often play this style of course. They often play much more resort courses, birdie fests, that sort of thing. And he's doing fine. He's well up in the money list on the Corn Ferry Tour. But actually, his game just is so much better suited to this course. Um, and he's a hard one because he doesn't often fit in the, the stats rankings and things like that because he's not got a great deal of PGA Tour form. And you need to take some of it with a pinch of salt because he's not playing the same courses as the guys that I'm comparing him to. But I took his Corn Ferry stats and I translated them into the, the PGA Tour lists. Um, and just on the face of it, I look for this course on driving distance because that matters. Um, I was looking at some stats on the last winners, always been in the, the top end of driving distance, despite all that hit the fairway stuff you'll hear in various interviews. Um, I'm looking for greens and regulation um, because if you're there, you're not going to have to chip from the muck, um, which we know is a, is a problem at Torrey at the best of times. Never mind once the USGA have got a hold of it. And then if you do miss the greens, you're going to have to scramble well. You're going to need to get up and down for par. Um, so to quote some stats from Taylor Pendrith, um, he is he would rank second just behind Bryson DeChambeau in driving distance. He averages about 320 yards off the tee. Um, wow. Monstrous, no less. Um, wow. If you to take his greens in reg percentage, which is just short of 72%, he'd be second on the PGA Tour, um, just behind Morikawa. Um, it's not bad company to keep. Now, I realise greens in reg are going to be much easier to hit on the Corn Ferry because they're playing from courses with very little rough, etc., etc. But I still don't think that's you couldn't knock him down loads and he'd still be in the top end. Um, and he's actually scrambling if you are to take his up and down percentage on the Corn Ferry and just whack that number into the PGA ranks. And all of that computing just tells me with his T23 at Wingfoot, he's 500 to one. Like, he's absolutely worth a couple of quid of anyone's money. Um, and it might all go wrong, but I just think his game really suits. He had a really good outing on his first look at an Open, um, at US Open, and those metrics fit this course. And why not? 500 to one. You don't need much to, to have a nice little earner, even if he, he squeezes in, because um, he's actually 500 to one with those bookies who are offering a much longer um, place value as well. So shop around, see how many places you can get or, on an absolute beast of a price. Taylor Pendrith. Why, yeah, why not indeed? 500 to one. Why not? That's uh, that's a great first shout. And uh, as you say, that could be a real, um, it could be nice, funny money, you know, even if he places. So that's great stuff. All right. Next okay. one. Mate. Next one up is Bryson. Um, I chatted a bit about him at the start. Um, his figures, it's kind of like a Patrick Reed bet um, from a couple of weeks ago. 
um, where his season-long figures don't really shout back him at this course, but I just know how good Bryson is at this style of course. Um, and what I like most about Bryson, obviously, is his driving distance. We spoke a bit about his ability to get those wedges and what would be shorter clubs for other players um, through that rough um, and land and catch those greens. Um, his stats at Wingford, obviously, he won, so he's going to have good stats with these. But... That his greens in reg and his scrambling stats are actually a world away, um, far, far, far better than his season-long greens in reg and scrambling stats. He goes from 64 and 52 on tour to fifth and third at winged foot, and he did play well there. But I think there's actually there's a method behind that. I think that actually he puts really well on fast greens. I went back through uh, Bryson's OWGR and looked where, where he's had some really good performances. And a lot of those places are places with really quick greens. We know how good he is at putting. Um, I'd fancy Bryson over the vast majority on tour um, to haul a few putts, especially if the greens are fast. Um, and I think the reason for those improved numbers with scrambling and with greens and regulation are those reasons that we talked about. When the rough is long, his advantage is just multiplied. Um, so at 18 to 1, he's my biggest bet of the week um, and he's my strongest fancy for the win of the week. Um, he doesn't have any Tory form. He's not played it since 2018, but he's gone missed cut, missed cut. I'm not reading too much into that. I think what the setup and the way it is is going to really suit Bryson's game. Um, and I just fancy him to, to reply to Brooks in the best possible way um, and win a US Open again. So Bryson, my next one, um, at 18s. Okay. Okay, we're going to go back down the bottom now because I'm going to make this one fairly brief. Um, Matt Wallace, um, you know, and I think you know, you like backing Matt Wallace. I like backing Matt Wallace. Um, he's got a really solid setup. I think he's a grinder. You want him at a tough course. Um, he's got really good approach player figures this year. He's not the longest, but but he gets it out there. Um, his last couple of appearances in the US Open, he's come 43rd and 12th. But the thing that attracted me most is obviously their, their Poana Greens at Torrey. Um, and I was doing some number crunching on a, a new site that I've, I've, I've got recently subscribed to, um, to just so you can break it down a bit further when you're looking at things like putting, looking at grass types. And he's actually, despite Matt Wallace being a horrendous putter, usually, um, you know how much I like to back those anyway, um, but he actually yeah. ranked in the top 10 on the PGA Tour putting on Poana, which is transformational compared to his normal putting ability because he's been poor with the flat stick. That's undeniable. But he's drifted out to a really backable price. I've backed him a few times at much shorter prices this year. Um, he's 150 in a place. I've taken 125s at, at marginally um, bigger bigger place value because I just think he's, he's the sort of player you want in a fight. If it gets really tough, I'm going to fancy him. And if he is putting well, and if that isn't just a misnomer, um, which it shouldn't because it's a season-long stat on his Poana stats, then I want to be with Matt Wallace. And I think at 125s, he's a, he's a really nice price. You can get 150s, as I say, if you really want it at less places. And then I've got two that I don't like giving six picks. I try not to do it, but I couldn't separate them. And I was umming and ahhing all day about this, whether to go one or the other. And in the end, I thought, you know, it's a major. Let's go for both of them. Um, the first of which is a... Is my bet in case Torrey Pines doesn't play like I think it's going to play and driving distance isn't the be-all and end-all? Um, because Colin Morikawa is 125th in driving distance. He's not the longest on tour. He's not even average driving on tour. But what he does do is hit fairways. He hits plenty. And if it turns out... Yeah, he certainly on, does. And, and yeah, he certainly does. Yeah, he's, he's, he's 13th on tour in fairways hit. I think he's probably about fifth in the people who are actually on this course. But... Yeah. If it is about accuracy, and for some reason that's the way it plays out, then Morikawa is 
just beyond elite at the other stats I've looked at. Approach play and greens and regulation, he leads the field in both of those. Um, I believe he's about 50% on top of the guy in second place, who's Justin Thomas. So if your approach if your approach play is that much better than Thomas's approach play, then you're doing something right, aren't you? Um, he's not got loads of US Open form, came 35th and missed a cut, but I just think he's one of those players that can transcend trends when he needs to. And if he plays well, like he did at Harding Park, which wasn't a million miles away from a kind of a US Open setup, it played tough um, and he was just excellent. Um, he's a bad scrambler, we know that, um, but this isn't usual scrambling. This isn't chipping off tight lies and things like that, which he has found hard in the past. Um, and I've seen bits of his putting, um, even at Memorial, um, which is a poor bent mix, I believe, on the greens. You were there. You watched his, his final round, didn't you? You weren't there, sorry, but you watched it on the TV. He put it excellently. And I'm just yeah. hoping that that little spark might, might help him to roll in a few. And as we know, if he puts even to a baseline of zero, zero strokes gained, not lost, not gained, he's going to place for sure. Um, and he won't be far away from from teching it. So I think he's going to win a few majors. I know that's a hard task because you've got some excellent golfers around, but I think he's that good. Um, if I found 22s on him with a fair few places, which I thought was more than fair. Um, so yeah, Morikawa is my, my next one. Um, a couple left, which I'll go through quickly. Um, I couldn't separate Morikawa from Patrick Cantley. Truth be told, I don't really like Cantley's price. Um, he's 25 to one. I don't like it just because I don't quite see Cantley in that Morikawa, in that Bryson, in that that even Spieth kind of bracket. But when you go through the stats for this course, I can't not back him. He's long enough. He's in the top 20 in every single one of my metrics, which absolutely no one else is. Um, he's ninth, if you look at the last um, three months in a stroke play, in approach play, sorry. He's 18th greens in reg. Um, he's second in scrambling, which... Very few of these elite golfers are any better than about 40th or 50th in scrambling, where Patrick Cantley is number two, and he showed that at Memorial, I think. But actually, the, one of the stats that I added on at the end was approaches from the rough over 150 yards, um, and he's 14th on tour, which eclipses the rest of the top 20 by a significant margin, other than one player who I'm going to back as well. <laughs> um, his... Tory form isn't amazing. His US Open form is so-so, making cuts but not knocking the doors down. But he's recently won. He should be feeling confident. Um, it's a very similar sort of setup, and he just matches my metrics really, really well. Came out fantastically, um, and I fancy Cantley. So I couldn't separate him. So Morikawa and Cantley um, are my others from the top. I feel a bit dirty back in three golfers, 25 to 1 and under, I'll be honest. But if they win, I won't care. I promise you that much. Mm. Uh, my last one off the rank today before I... Uh, Stop talking. I feel like I've uh, had a bit of a rant today. Um, is Sam Burns? I was mm, Sam Burns. Yeah, I know he's one of your one of your mates. Um, mm. I was surprised to see three figures. Um, very surprised, and he's gone in at the expense of Cochrane, um, who's almost half his price now. And I like Cochrane. You know how much I like him after recently. Mm. But mm. Burns' metrics are fantastic. He's long off the tee. He's excellent in approach, especially in the last three months. Um, he hits greens for fun. Um, and actually, he's excellent out of the rough too. He's better than even Cantley. He ranks 11 on tour for, for longer approaches out of the rough. Um, now, I was looking at his OWGR, and there's enough 
concern in there um, to make me to make me doubt it a little bit because I don't know what's gone on recently. Obviously, he won, didn't he? Um, relatively recently at the Valspar. But yeah. Since then, I believe there's been some form of issue. Um, he obviously came first at the Valspar, second at AT and T at the Byron Nelson, and then he withdrew from the PGA Championship. Yeah. I'm not fully sure what went on there, um, but then he's had a T50 at Memorial, which I'm going to take as a bit of a loosener, um, a little bit of a warm-up, and hopefully um, he'll be back because I like his form at, at Genesis, at Riviera. It's a bit of a bit of West Coast form. Um, I, I just think he matches really well, and I was very surprised to see three figures. Now, I might be wrong. He might withdraw. Maybe there's an issue. Maybe that's why his price is so long, but his length is going to help him out a ton. Um, anyone who gets it out there in the top 20, 30 in driving distance is going to set themselves up to give them opportunities to do well here. Um, so Sam Burns is my my final pick at three figures, 100 to one. Yep, I actually also have Sam Burns. That's the one golfer that we share on this list, although I want to say something about Cot Morikara <laughs> in a minute as well. Um, so, yeah, I have... I, I also have Sam Burns for all of the reasons you said. Uh, I, 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 he has good distance. And well, he's got excellent distance. He's in great form. He's finally, I think, Burns has found the key to himself. He's got the confidence now. He's got that win. He he's, he, he putts fantastically well. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, he's got West Coast form. He's I, I, I think Burns has turned the corner in his career and is going to be quite a big star. So, um, uh, you know... I, Yep, and 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 the other reason I like him is because, as you say, the value, the pricing. You know, um, so um, you know, with um, uh, I'm just looking at it now. Um, you got him at a hundred to one, um, which is which is great. Yeah, with Star Sports, he's at ninety to one. So you know, if you can, as you say, wherever you do your punting, if you can shop around, you can get him somewhere, and you know, ninety to hundred to hundred to one or better than then that's great. And, you know, some bookies paying 10 places. Well, that's good value for Sam Burns. And so I, I agree with you. I think, you know, as long as he's left, whatever this mystery thing that he, why he dropped out of the PGA Championship still hasn't been kind of explained to me. I don't understand why he just pulled out. Um, but um, uh, if he, as long as he's sort of um, up and ready for this, which I'm sure he will be, um, I think he's he's great value. So I, I, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one there. Um, so uh, that's uh, that's that wasn't actually my first bet, but uh, but that's uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you now. Colin Morikawa, yeah, I agree with everything you said about Colin Morikawa. Um, I I. I think he he's such a fairway finder, Morikawa, and in this in this tournament where it looks like fairway finding is going to be a premium uh, and could probably maybe a premium even over length because if you got it on the short grass, you're going to be able to do a lot more with the ball than than what you would even if you just have to gouge it out. Um, you know, obviously you can you can shape it and spin it a lot better off fairways than you can out of um, out of ankle deep grass. So. I, I think Morikawa is, is a great shout, and um, so I, you know, I, I, I think you know that's a. I even I didn't put him in my picks, but that's not because I didn't want to. Uh, I did really did really want to, but I, I I've um, I've decided to go for someone else just sort of beside him, um, and that's. Um, uh, I'll come to him in a minute. My first pick actually is um, Daniel Berger. Now, why have I picked Berger? Because he's not there. He's not the longest guy on tour, 
But but what Berger does do is he puts Power Greens very very well. Um, so he put, he won the um, he, he won at Pebble Beach, um, which is uh, West Coast um, sort of coastal course, much like Torrey Pines. It's obviously a lot shorter, but what it does have is uh, a lot of Power Green or well, has Power Greens, and he putted them like a boss. Basically, putted them incredibly well uh, when he won earlier at the, earlier this year uh, at the AT and T. So I just think Daniel Berger is he's going to win one of these majors and I think his time is now, I think he's in fantastic form, he hasn't been showing incredibly great form lately, he did, wasn't too far away uh, a, 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 a few weeks ago but uh, he's at 50, 50 to 1 with Star Sports, I'm going to, I'm going to make Daniel Berger my first pick because I think that what he is is he's, an, he's a good fairway finder uh, like Morikawa, he finds a lot of fairways uh, he's an excellent chipper, excellent putter, and uh, and I think he'll be up for it. And I think if he's around the uh, lead in the weekend, he won't he, 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 he won't buckle under the pressure. You're looking for guys who are gonna who are gonna grab this opportunity by the throat and roll in putts. So I think this is going to come down to putts. Uh, I think this entire tournament is going to come down to who ends up being the best putter. And on these power greens, if you've got experience and and, and quality, um, uh, you know, uh, quality experiences, I guess, putting with power greens, then they'll stand to you, I think. And I think um, that's why I'm going Daniel Berger for my first bet. Um, my second bet, yeah, sitting beside Kora Morikawa, I can't kind of believe Justin Thomas is 22 to 1. I've, uh, at Star Sports, I've got him at 22 to 1. That I think that's, that's great money for Justin Thomas. I know he hasn't been in the greatest form lately, but he's such a street fighter, Thomas, and 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 he finds fairways. Uh, yeah, his putter. The one thing that has been off with him is has been his putter. But I saw enough uh, in his last tournament um, where I just thought there was enough there that I think he's actually, I think he's actually getting it right, and I think he's turning that corner. And I, and I think there's a bit of. He's showing a bit of form with his putter, and 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 I think that I just think twenty-two to one for 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 Justin Thomas. Yeah, I'll take that all day. I'll take that all day. Thanks. That's that's great money. Um, and um, so I yeah, he's my he's my second bet. My third bet is actually um, it's funny you should mention him because and we talked about him a few weeks ago because of his price wasn't it wasn't that nice, but um, it is Jason Kokrak. I'm I'm going to go with Jason Kokrak. I got him at seventy to one with Star Sports. I just think Jason Kokrak is in the form of his life at the moment. I think he won with such authority there a, a couple of weeks ago, and you you tipped him out. You know that was one of your one of your runs of, of wins, and and uh, and it was a great tip. I liked him when you tipped him, and then when he won, I was just pissed off that I, I missed out. But I don't think that that it's over with Kokrak yet. I I think he drives a mile, which we know will help here. I think he, uh, which obviously I forgot to say, that's what Thomas Justin Thomas does as well. Drives at a mile, um, so Kokrak drives at a mile. Um, he if he gets on the short grass and uh, well, he's pretty straight hitter, so that should if he's still in the zone in terms of his driving ability, then he should find more fairways than he doesn't. Hopefully, if he does do that, then um, he's got remarkably good um, soft hands on the green. We did see him. 
show a bit of fragility around on the bunkers, which makes me a little bit nervous. But I, but I, but at seventy to one, I still think there's value in Jason Kokrak because um, I, I just think I still think he's in, in great form. So I'm I'm going to go with with Jason Kokrak. Um, and then my last bet is with um, Adam Scott. Uh, and the reason I'm going to go with Adam Scott is he has got a really great record here at Torrey Pines. If you look back over the last few years at Torrey Pines, um, he's finished. Uh, just I was reading this uh, just uh, so he finished uh, second here in 2019 in the actual in the Farmers. Now, obviously, the Farmers Insurance Open and this are two different things, but uh, but I still think it's uh, you know course formers has a lot to. You know, has a lot to be said for. So, yeah, to, sorry, 2020 he finished um, second to, um, sorry, 2019 he finished second to Justin Rose. And then uh, 2000 and uh, I think 2020 or 21, he was he was there not too far away either. So, yeah, and, and it goes on and on. He's actually got quite a quite an impressive record at, at Torrey Pines. And so Adam Scott, um, I got Adam Scott at... Yeah, Adam Scott at eighty to one with Scott Star Sports. So yeah, I, I so Adam Scott for me is he's got tons of distance. Um, he's got a beautiful, you know, he's got a beautiful game. Uh, it's well suited to Tory Pines. He's played it well before. He's ranked uh, ranked highly, and he and Adam Scott just turns up at majors. He always turns up at majors. You never see Adam Scott. Will very rarely see Adam Scott having a nightmare at a major. So um, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, um, I'm gonna back him for for his um, for his course experience and for his um, he's got driving distance and uh, and he hits it pretty straight when he's driving it well. So Berger, Kokrak, Burns, um, Adam Scott, and Justin Thomas for me. Very nice. Um, yeah, I found it hard to leave off Kokrak. As I said, um, Thomas is one who I would curse seven ways till Sunday um, if he if he wins but he's one of those I, I, don't, I don't mind him at all but you can't back everyone can you? No you can't <laughs> it's it's thing, yeah. so yeah I, I really like Thomas I don't think he'll be too bad at all and yeah Kokrak would he was one who I, I opted for another ahead of but yeah like him for this course especially with that recent form and the way he's putting yeah, well, that, yeah. So you've got six. I've got five. I mean, luckily, you know, we've only got one that overlaps. Uh, but um, you know, as you say, uh, you can't back everyone. You'd love to, but you, you know, you just you have to draw a line somewhere. Um, so you know, my one where I had to draw a line was Morikawa. I I I, I looked at. Thomas and Morikawa for ages and ages and ages, and I just I looked at all their sort of stats and looked at what their you know their history and blah 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 blah. And as you say, you can't back everyone, so I just had to say, okay, I'll I'll go with um with Thomas, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if Morikawa won. And uh, and as, as I say, if anyone's listening who thinks you know you know Morikawa is, is <laughs> it's a toss of the coin between some of these guys at the top there. So let's just uh, let's just talk about a couple of the others that we haven't talked about. Um, uh, why have neither of us picked John Rahm? <laughs> because he's single figures in a major. Um, yeah, I mean, exactly. I think we had exactly the same conversation before Memorial, didn't we? And he was on, yeah. well on his way to making us both look a bit daft um, and making yeah. that price look short because he was going to lap the field. He didn't, um, and can't lay one, thankfully. But I just yeah. can't at the price, especially with coming off COVID. And he might be nothing wrong with him. It might just say he had a positive test or he has to isolate and there's no symptoms. 
I, I'm not swallowing that number on anyone, bar Prime Tiger at a major, and that's not going to happen anytime soon. So, not for yeah. me. If he wins, do you know what? I think I'd be really pleased for him. If it's not one of my fancies, I would love John Ram to win because I think the way he's handled the whole furor about it and since, I, I, I have a lot of time for him. Um, and actually, I'd, I'd be chuffed if he won, if it's not one of my lads. Um, I just can't. Nine to one, eight to one. There's zero place value in that. You'd have to bet it on the outright, really. Um, and my sort of outright is not single figures in a major. No, no, I agree. Uh, just going to throw a couple of names out to you as well and just tell me what you thought of these people as you were sort of like, and I'll give you my thoughts as well if I had any. Um, Rory McElroy? Rory McElroy. He is one I looked closer at. Uh, because he's got really nice Tory form. He's come 16th, 3rd and 5th in his last three starts here, I think, which is yeah. respectable. Obviously, we know what he's like with his driver. Um, his approach play has been pretty good. When you narrow it down to the last three months, it's been really good. Um, now, his driving as a whole has dropped off in that time, but his approach is he's 7th on tour in the last three months. Um, there's just enough question marks about Rory McIlroy for me, despite his win at Wells Fargo. Um there's enough question marks for me to to rather side with a Bryson or a Morikawa. I feel I can trust a bit more than Rory. Um, don't hate his chances, though. Um, it's about time he won another one, isn't it? Mm. Now, talking about cursing seven ways from Sunday, <laughs> Sunday. if this bloke comes in, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I have to throw him out there. What do you think of him? Everything about, okay, so I'm going to throw Tony Finau into this boat as well because both of those golfers, I've had to ignore the stats with them, if that makes sense. Yeah. The stats say I should back them. However, I know that they're Xander Schauffele and Tony Finau and that means I'm not going to back them. Uh, Yeah. If Xander's going to win a major, this is about as good as his chances will get, wouldn't it? He, He talks a lot about his love for the course. It makes so much sense here. Even his second after scratchy Tory form historically, he came second last year. His US Open form is delightful. His stats are awesome. He hits it long, hits good approaches, um, doesn't scramble amazingly, but hits greens for fun. It all makes sense. I'm not going to back him. Um, yeah. Tony yeah. Fino either. Um, I just can't. Until they prove me wrong, I don't yeah. want them in the fight on a weekend. Well, I do want them because I know that they're not going to be an issue, which is sad. But yeah, 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 can't get around it. I, I just, I've, he's drained me. He's depleted <laughs> my resources. He, he's actually broken me. Xander Schauffele has broken me. I, uh, I looked at his name for about two days and thought, I know he, yeah, all of what you said is right. He, he likes it here. He's he played well here before. He should, you know, he's, he, he should do well here. He'll probably. He'll be there or thereabouts, yeah. no doubt about that, because he always is. Yeah, he's um, not a horrible yeah. price either. He's out to more than he's twenty to one in places, isn't he? Which is much yeah. longer than he was for the Masters, I believe. Yeah, so I, I, I've I've put him in my fantasy team, but I, you know, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't put him uh, individual because he's yeah. broken me. I, I've, I've, I've just, I've just flogged so much cash on that guy that I just can't do it any longer. And that, so that's his green ticket to go and win. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, okay. And just another couple of uh, others. Um, Brooks. 
Just <laughs> so I bet this sounds ridiculous. I felt I couldn't have Brooks and Bryson on the same card. <laughs> I mean, there's something in the the golfing gods wouldn't look kindly on that. I feel you've got to pick one and go with them. <laughs> pick one and... The <laughs> so you know that I'm a Bryson guy. I always will be a Bryson guy over Brooks. I think maybe that's my inner nerd, um, perhaps, but. I don't dislike Brooks. I mean, coming off the injuries that he's had and doing what he did at, at Kiowa, like, of course he could win here. He's he's excellent, but I just couldn't have the same card as Bryson, and I knew I was back in Bryson this week, so I didn't think about him for too long. Maybe that's silly of me, given his major record, but that's my, my stupid reason for not backing Brooks. All right, last name. Um, and I'm surprised you didn't have him. Um, Fat Pat. Yes, Fat Pat. I'm surprised I don't have him too, to be honest. Um, especially as he, he placed after the last time I put him up, um, kind of banking on that recent form rather than his season-long stats. And he's played well here before as well. He's played here very well in the past, yeah, um, including the win, obviously, um, when we yeah. were on earlier in the season, and a 6th yeah. and 13th and a 23rd. But yeah. you can't back everyone. And no. to be honest, I didn't get round to looking at doing my usual stats and research as early as I should. I didn't do it yesterday, um, which meant that he's now a shorter price than I would have taken. Um, if he yeah. was 35s, maybe, I probably would have taken him. But at 30s with less places or 25s generally, I, I didn't find him that hard to pass over, um, which surprised me a little bit. Um, but, I mean, he's got obvious chances, both on his course form and he loves a hard course. Um, we've talked about him a lot and I love Patrick Reed, but I, I much prefer Cantley over Reed this week. Um, we'll soon find out whether that's a successful choice or not. But if he was 10 points longer, he'd be on the side, but he's not, so he's not. We soon will find out. We're going to find out Thursday, Thursday afternoons. It's going to be played on the West Coast, and uh, so we're going to not get probably featured group coverage till I would think uh, mid to late afternoon. So um, we'll, um, we'll find out on Thursday. And um, so thanks everyone for having listened to Man in the Stand uh, and listen to um, Matt, uh, F-O-R-E underscore bet uh, on his Twitter handle. Um, always an interesting guy to follow. Um, give him a follow. And we, um, and this, thanks for listening to us prattle on uh we've had as i say good run this year picked up a number of winners um not so good last week so let's see if we can get back on the winning curve this week eh yep definitely good luck for the week mate let's hope last week we forget about quickly um get back to standard practice eh good luck for the week mate. yeah and, and just one more thing um thanks for the game of cricket last week mate um <laughs> shame you couldn't make shame you guys couldn't make a game of it but we'll, we'll play the indians in the world um championship this week and see how that goes oh yeah maybe they'll give you a bit more of a battle eh? it wasn't inspiring i'll be honest after the whenever the first day was i thought we were off to a treat we were flying first session it was a bit drab but it looked like it was going to yeah. be a nice um a nice win and then yeah, quickly fell in on itself didn't it the middle order isn't much without yeah. talks no so yeah no it was it was nice of you to give us a practice game though before the before the um, <laughs> we're before nice the, the english you see yeah all right mate all the best yeah take care mate good luck for the week okay. Chat next. you too bye see you later.